CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This type of adoption announcement matters not just in terms of the firm that's adopting crypto, but in terms of how it normalizes this type of engagement with crypto for others. KPMG is setting up a template or model for how other firms that want to add proof-of-work assets to their balance sheet can, while staying within an ESG paradigm. Welcome back to The Breakdown with me, NLW. It's a daily podcast on macro, Bitcoin, and the big picture power shifts remaking our world. The Breakdown is sponsored by Nexo.io, Arculus, and FTX, and produced and distributed by Coindesk. What's going on, guys? It is Tuesday, February 8th, and today we are discussing why KPMG's Bitcoin buy may be a bigger deal long-term than Tesla's. First, however, if you are enjoying the breakdown, please go subscribe, give it a rating, give it a review, or if you want to dig deeper into the conversation, join the Discord. You can find the link in the show notes or go to bit.ly slash breakdown pod. Also, as always, a disclosure, in addition to them being a sponsor, I also work with FTX. And one more thing before we get into today's show. This week, as I announced yesterday, I am thrilled to have a special sponsor in Meld. If you have ever wondered how the rich are able to spend their money and still stay rich, it's because they borrow against their assets. Meld is creating a protocol that can be used by anyone and which offers that exact service, but in a decentralized way. Users of Meld's protocols will be able to borrow dollars, euros, and other fiat currencies against their cryptocurrencies. If you want to learn more about the first DeFi non-custodial banking protocol today, go check out meld.com. That's M-E-L-D dot And thanks again to Meld for sponsoring the show. Now, let's zoom back to a year ago. The big narrative was balance sheets, right? It started with Michael Saylor, of course, and this was in the end of 2020. We had just gone through the beginning of the first wave of COVID-19 with shutdowns and tons of stimulus that came after. And this was a moment where many started to reevaluate how they thought about the world around them. And that was particularly true in the business context. This is the period in which we got Paul Tudor Jones' great monetary inflation thesis, where the famous hedge funder started to look to Bitcoin as a possible hedge against what he anticipated would be generationally high inflation. Another person in the business world who was having similar thoughts was Michael Saylor, the CEO of MicroStrategy. He famously described his feelings with a visual metaphor, looking at all this cash that the company had on its balance sheet as a big melting ice cube. In September of 2020, MicroStrategy finalized their first Bitcoin buy, and many wondered if it would be a trigger for other companies to follow. 
Not long after, Square joined MicroStrategy in adding an allocation of Bitcoin to its balance sheet. But the big one coming into 2021 was, of course, Tesla. In February, Tesla announced a Bitcoin buy, and it was a big deal. I mean, it was the rocket fuel that led to the new all-time high, up over $60,000. We'd find out later that SpaceX also put Bitcoin on its balance sheet, but at that time, it was all about Tesla. It was all about Musk. Remember that famous tweet, in retrospect, it was inevitable? People guessed even then that that was about Bitcoin, and it seemed to be confirmed when that Tesla buy happened. Now, of course, a couple months later, Elon would absolutely break our f***ing hearts. When Tesla announced that it was no longer going to accept Bitcoin for its vehicles because of concerns around its environmental impact. Tesla did not sell their Bitcoin holdings then, although they would sell a little bit later on. But this move brought a ton of questions and consternation. Questions like how was it that a company and a person as smart as Elon didn't realize that there were environmental concerns that they should have during their previous due diligence process when they put Bitcoin on the balance sheet in the first place, and consternation because in many ways something that had seemed like it would be a net ally of the Bitcoin environmental narrative, in other words, Tesla, a green electric vehicle company getting in bed with Bitcoin, being very positive for the way that the world viewed Bitcoin in terms of environmental impact, well, all of that was turned around in a dash. And all of a sudden, Tesla was the main critic of Bitcoin's energy consumption. Of course, subsequently, there was a ton of discussion and debate and speculation around what sort of internal and external pressure Elon and Tesla faced after making that announcement, how much it had to do with ETFs that were potentially threatening to delist Tesla, etc., etc. But the point was that functionally speaking, it pretty well destroyed the corporate balance sheet narrative. Indeed, in the rest of 2021, it never really came back. China banned Bitcoin, El Salvador happened, things moved in a distinctly geopolitical realm. And of course, as I discussed yesterday, that shift to the geopolitical is definitely a narrative right now that's picking up steam. There are a lot more discussions around the censorship-resistant properties of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies as we head into 2022. But oh, hold on to your horses because yesterday, KPMG Canada announced that it was adding Bitcoin and ETH to its balance sheet. The company tweeted, We have just completed an allocation of crypto assets to our corporate treasury, our firm's first-of-its-kind investment in the asset class. This includes Bitcoin and Ethereum tokens and carbon offsets to maintain a net-zero carbon transaction. In a press release, Kareem Sadek, who is an advisory partner around crypto assets and blockchain services at the company, said, quote, We've invested in a strong crypto assets practice and we will continue to enhance and build on our capabilities across decentralized finance, non-fungible tokens, and the metaverse, to name a few. A spokesperson told Coindesk, quote, KPMG in Canada is bullish on crypto assets. We believe they are here to stay and will consider other innovative investment opportunities in the future. Benji Thomas, who's the Canadian Managing Partner for Advisory Services, said crypto assets are a maturing asset class. Investors such as hedge funds and family offices to large insurers and pension funds are increasingly gaining exposure to crypto assets. And traditional financial services such as banks, financial advisors, and brokerages are exploring offering products and services involving crypto assets. This investment reflects our belief that institutional adoption of crypto assets and blockchain technology will continue to grow and become a regular part of the asset mix. Nexo is a trusted and easy-to-use crypto platform where you can buy cryptocurrencies at the touch of a button and start earning up to 18% annual interest that is paid out daily. 
They support all of the major assets on the market and even allow you to swap one asset for another or borrow cash against your crypto without selling it. Nearly 3 million people in over 200 countries trust Nexo with their digital assets. So whether you're just getting started or you're a seasoned pro, get the most of your crypto today with Nexo at nexo.io. Meet Arculus, the next generation cold storage wallet. Arculus secures your crypto using three-factor authentication, providing a simpler, safer, and smarter way to store, buy, swap, send, and receive crypto. Arculus is offline cold storage. Your private keys are encrypted on the Arculus keycard and are never online. Stay safe from hackers with no cords, no charging, no Bluetooth. Just crypto security made simple. Buy now at GetArculus.com. That's G-E-T-A-R-C-U-L-U-S.com. The Breakdown is sponsored by FTX US. FTX US is the safe, regulated way to buy and sell Bitcoin and other digital assets with up to 85% lower fees than competitors. There are no fixed minimum fees, no ACH transaction fees, and no withdrawal fees. One of the largest exchanges in the US, FTX US is also the only leading exchange that supports both Ethereum and Solana NFTs. When you trade NFTs on FTX, you pay no gas fees. Download the FTX app today and use referral code BREAKDOWN to support the show. KPMG are one of the big four accounting firms, alongside Deloitte, Ernst & Young, and PwC, formerly PricewaterhouseCoopers. Around the globe, KPMG is a $32 billion revenue company with 236,000 employees worldwide. KPMG Canada is, of course, just a small slice of that, with revenue of just under $2 billion Canadian last year. So a first question that many had was, of course, how much did they actually buy? And KPMG declined to say, which led some to think that it could be pretty low and this, in fact, might just be marketing. Jay Sloan tweeted, without disclosure of the amount involved and further context to its private balance sheet, it sounds like a marketing move to support and promote its practice area. Clever. Alex Venevic tweeted, KPMG bought one Bitcoin and got free marketing worth millions. I don't actually know how many they bought. Please don't sue me. Honestly, I think it's genius. They just became the default choice among the big four for crypto folks. We're going to talk about this a little bit more in a bit, but I sort of do think that that response tells a bit of its own story. If it is now officially good marketing for big corporate accounting firms to talk about putting Bitcoin and ETH on their balance sheets, that's its own type of W. Other people liken this to previous buys from historically conservative sectors, such as the mass mutual buy a couple years ago. Grant Melson wrote, KPMG adding Bitcoin and Ethereum is bigger news than Tesla adding BTC, no matter the relative size of allocation. KPMG is a big four accounting firm. People go to them for advice on exactly this kind of stuff. Tax, accounting, consulting. Huge. Bigger than Tesla. Everyone expects Tesla to do something crazy. Easier to dismiss than KPMG adding Bitcoin. Macroscope writes of all the institutions and high-profile investors to go public on owning Bitcoin in recent years, KPMG's announcement today is right at the top in terms of importance and credibility. Hard to overstate this one. Brent Donnelly wrote, This is a big deal. KPMG is well-respected in Canada, and this is not lunatic fringe or tech gigachad. This is a conservative, slow organization with strong finance, tax, and audit background. The all-you-can-use-it-for-is-crime-hater narrative is dead. Zentrades writes, Massive news. KPMG equipping themselves with Bitcoin and ETH corporate treasury capability. They will monetize by selling the service to clients. KPMG clients are the world's biggest corporate companies. 
Have you considered a Bitcoin and Ethereum strategy? We can help. Dimitri Kofinas, host of the Most Excellent Hidden Forces podcast, writes, I think it's become clear to TradFi investors that having zero exposure to crypto is no longer a viable strategy, and they will use dips in the market to accumulate. KPMG is just the latest example. So a few things that I want to discuss. One, as I intimated, I actually think the marketing thing is significant. It functions in two ways. First, as an advertisement to crypto companies that they should consider working with KPMG. And second, as an advertisement to others dabbling in crypto that KPMG knows this space and can help them around their crypto strategy. It's also useful for us to note that in either of those cases being a priority for KPMG, the fact that they think it's worth the risk trying to get marketing value from this. Remember, getting involved with crypto is not a zero-risk strategy. The vitriol for this industry is incredibly high, especially relative to other sectors of the market, so that means you have to kind of have high conviction that this is a good move. Speaking of vitriol towards this market, I saw almost no commentary on the carbon credits that KPMG bought to offset their proof-of-work allocation. Now, to crypto people, this is obviously a quite secondary part of the news, and I also think that there may be a fair amount of skepticism in this space around carbon credits and carbon markets. However, that's not the piece that I want to focus on. What I want to focus on is the precedent for other firms. This type of adoption announcement matters not just in terms of the firm that's adopting crypto, but in terms of how it normalizes this type of engagement with crypto for others. KPMG is setting up a template or model for how other firms that want to add proof-of-work assets to their balance sheet can while staying within an ESG paradigm. Now, of course, ESG investors could reject this as insufficient. However, what matters, my guess, is whether it appears to be a credible and good-faith effort that others can model on, and I think that's likely the case. It's certainly a lot better than Tesla's pretend-not-to-notice environmental concerns than backpedal two months later completely screwing up the narrative for at least a year approach. Which gets me to the title of this piece, Why It May Be a Bigger Long-Term Deal Than Tesla. Let's talk about where Tesla's Bitcoin buy has the edge. Tesla obviously has more power to drive headlines. It's a massively larger company, which means structurally its investment is bigger, no doubt and the decisions it makes in the future are likely to have bigger impacts. Then there's the Elon factor. No one can drive attention like he does, although of course, as we quickly learned, that's a double-edged sword. Now what about the KPMG deal? What does it have in its column of significance? It reboots a narrative that was gone, rather than what Tesla did, which was again confirming and then completely torpedoing that narrative. It also shifts that narrative to a more boring and imitatable version. Elon and Tesla's exceptionalism cut both ways. They are easier to get headlines, but also easier to dismiss as something that other businesses will likely do. Where KPMG sits is more relevant for a wider cross-section of company. In other words, accounting and tax advice are applicable to everyone. These are firms that are speaking to and working with an incredibly wide cross-section of the public and private business landscape, and so there's more opportunity, presumably, for this type of thinking to find its way into those clients and partners. There is, of course, also the Ethereum piece. It's one of the more interesting and relevant conversations out there about the extent to which ETH is shifting into a comfortable place as a store of value competitor. There's been a growing bit of conversation around this thanks to, I think, the twin forces of last year's EIP-1559, which burns part of the gas fee with each transaction, making ETH in the long run into a likely deflationary currency, as well as the high gas fees that have made ETH very difficult to use for many transactions over the course of the last year. Now, tons of my .eth friends out there will probably have very different perspectives on this, and there's also a lot here to discuss decentralization and censorship resistance if that is indeed a big part of the narrative this year. However, I think it's very likely to be a bigger subject of discussion going into 2022, 
And so the fact that KPMG is putting ETH on its balance sheet as well is pretty notable. Ultimately, however, to be clear, it doesn't really matter which is a bigger deal. That's the type of thing that is good title fodder for a podcast and also, hopefully, a good organizing dialectic for this episode. But in truth, each bit of adoption matters in its own way, to different people and for different reasons. Speaking of which, have to give one more focus on adoption. Cash App tweeted yesterday, the Lightning Network is now available on Cash App. It's the fastest free way to pay anyone in Bitcoin. Buy tacos, tip your favorite Twitter comedian, or send a friend money abroad, anywhere that accepts Lightning. Yudi Wertheimer, of all people, said, pretty cool that Cash App launches Lightning Network support for all users today. Easy to be cynical and write this off, but truth is, we've come a long way, and three years ago, this would have been unimaginable. Derek Ross said last year, Cash App had 70 million users transacting with their app. They just onboarded all of them to the Bitcoin Lightning Network. Wild. In the same day, we have two very different adoption stories. We have a corporate adoption with a path to more corporate adoption, and we have a ground-up user adoption. And as I said, they're both significant in different ways. These are the types of stories, I think, much more than any short-term price action that should help you shape your perspective on how bullish or bearish you are about this space as a whole. For now, I want to say thanks again to my sponsors, Nexo.io, Arculus, FTX, and Meld.com. And thanks to you guys for listening. Until tomorrow, be safe and take care of each other. Peace.